Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Very good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to be going through all the news in the GA. Not a lot of news at the minute, but we will later in the show um, talk about convention, which took place last Thursday evening in Killing Care. Uh, we'll hear from the chairman of the county board, Kieran Callahan, and the head of operations, Martin Cahill. Uh, but before we get into that, Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Anglo South, joins me. Two wins in the last seven days for Cavan teams in Ulster. Uh, Baileyborough win the, Mac, uh, the Arthur, what's it called, Arthur something? Arthur's Cup. Arthur's Cup. Yeah. So under 16 and a half, um, the beast, Donegal side in, in, in the final. So great to get a, a, an Ulster championship there. Yeah, and this was one that booked the trend because uh, when the game was in the, in the mix, it was the Cavan lads who stepped up and we were, we were bemoaning last week how the Cavan teams tend to, to wilt just in in those closing stages in this game they won it by 3-8 to 1-11 they were playing St. Columbus from Plenty's so Billy were, were a physically stronger team but they trailed for long spells in the game uh, they were down by 1-2 to 4 points at half time but they scored 3-4 in the second half to win the game so a Lee Byrne goal on 43 minutes levelled the game and then Luke Riley I think he it might have been a, a long shot that deceived the goalkeeper then Mark Mulvey got another goal and they ended up winning the game by, by uh, 3 points so a brilliant win for Baylor. Great to see a cabin school now picking up silverware. Yeah, and they came through in the group stage against three Cavan teams. They played Breffney College, St. Aidan's from Coot Hill and, and, and Virginia. And I suppose the, the, the startling thing for me there is Virginia are in that grade with them. That it's a, uh, you know, well, it shows Baileyborough. I think last year Baileyborough might have beat them as well in the competition. So Baileyborough are really making strides and pushing forward here. Yeah, I suppose they are. Like, uh, where would Baileyborough School be pulling from? You, not Bride and Baileyborough, I suppose, would be a big one. You'd have there's some Shercock lads on it as well. I don't know. Would you have any Kingscourt lads on that team? On that team now that there's Kilmain and Wood. Uh, there's <coughs> Killing Care. Baileyborough. Nobody from Kingscourt though. Obviously not Bride and, and Shercock. Yeah, you Kilmain and Wood would be coming in there at Tear Worker. Uh, so yeah, so I suppose it's 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 reflective of, of the good work that's going on in those clubs as well. Damien yeah. McIntyre I think is involved with the team and obviously he's a good Shercock man and Shercock were in a Division 2 final in minor this year lost it by a point uh, we know not brighter strong on their edge as well um, Bailey Burr obviously putting in work as well so uh, didn't just spring up out of nowhere I think a lot of good working on the clubs and then great working on the school as well so a great early Christmas present for all involved there yeah, well, congratulations. Luke Riley from Knockbride was the vice captain, and the captain of the side was Noel McIntyre from Shercock. So, um, good good spread of schools or good spread of clubs in the school in Baileyborough there, and, and great to see them picking up that Arthur Cup uh, success. So, well done to, to all involved. Cavan Gales um, got the Ulster Club Minor Championship off to a victory at the weekend. Did you see much of this one? It looked like a very strong wind the bits that I see on social media 
Yeah, it was played in Colosh, the first in Belfast. Um, played on the floodlights. Tough, tough old conditions up there. You don't know what you're getting going mm. up there, but um, another great win for the Gales. And the Gales have a great record in that competition. Yeah, like, the, the Gales have been in the final of that I think four times. They're in the final. Yeah, they're in the final way back in the early nineties when Mickey Graham was playing minor football. That's they, right. They won it then in the late nineties. They lost the final. I think by a point in the late nineties. Won it in the millennium. First of January two thousand. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was that was the ninety nine competition. Yeah. Yeah. And then they were in the final, I think maybe the following year. The following year. And then they were in the final again, um about oh, it must have been about sorry, they had been in the final they're sorry, they were in the final, let's say in two thousand seven, around that. Okay. That was a team with Lee Jackson and uh, a few lads like that. They had a great run through it. So the the guess above all Cavan teams They've got a great comp- record in that competition. I think they won so many minor championships that I suppose the club as a whole was used to going up there. Lads were used to probably, I know it's different players every year, but the mentors and all that would have would have probably had an idea of the challenges that's going to be presented up there. So a great win uh, against Irvinstown. Like, we saw Ennis Gill and Gales won this competition in, in the last year or two. So right, I'd yeah. say the standard of minor football is probably decent enough in Fermanagh. Um, so a great win to beat Irvinstown. Joshua Shea, who had seven points. Yeah, phenomenal performance. The, the, the point I've seen on social media where he's picking up the ball on the 45, moving to his right-hand side, drops the shoulder, cuts back inside, accelerates, loses control of the ball, gathers it back in, goes up another gear and then slices it over the bar with, his, with the instep of the right boot. Like The, the agility and the, the speed... Is the exact same as favour, but but he can finish. Yeah, he's got, he definitely has great feet, and he was very good in the county final against Waterford yeah. as well. He was man of the match, and there's some very good players on that team. The the fullback, uh, Connor, <coughs> sore name escapes me. He's excellent, Connor Doyle. Connor Doyle, yeah, he, he's a real competitor. He's a really good player, and obviously Ben Tully, county miners, excellent. Well, a few other good players in there, but but Joshua Shea, who is there, definitely is the star man up front. I think. Yeah, I, I was very impressed with Ben Tully, the point you can see of his where coming down the wing, accelerates, solo right foot, cuts back in onto the left foot, very comfortable and, and doing it all at, at high speed. I, as you know, the game being played up in on the 3G pitch, so you just wonder, did that facilitate uh, Cavan Gills? They've got a lot of pace, a lot of really good, skillful ball carriers that when the, when it's moved fast, it might just suit them. Mm, maybe so, yeah. It'll move back to, to St Paul's itself, I'd imagine now. So that'll be a different, it's a tight field. Yeah. Um, been there many, many times for handball. And, you know, I often watch football games going on there and I covered a few Cavan clubs playing up there as well, notably Southern Gales a few years ago in the final of it. But it's a tight field and it can be very windy up there as well. So yeah, um, yeah it'll be good to see now how it goes. But I'd say they'll give it a really good crack. Yeah, well, to take on Mayo Bridge um, in the semi-final on St. Stephen's Day. So um, if you're full of turkey and need to get out and get a bit of fresh air, so why not just take the short spin up to Belfast? It'll be a great holiday's crack. So very best of luck to, to Calvin Gales in that one. Um, Brady's Arva Limited. Main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, 
Check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Okay, we'll move on to convention. Took place last Thursday evening in uh, Killing Care. Um, Paul, what's 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 the take-homes from this one? Well, I think I said it on the pod the last day, Damien. <clears throat> There's a couple of things. One is is the money. And we are awash with money in the association at the moment. Yeah. And you'd always be wary of that because, you know, that rug can be pulled from under you very quickly. But money seems to be coming out of everywhere in, in, in the GA at the moment. Nobody bats an eyelid at teams spending north of a million quid. Currently spending north of a million quid on their teams. Cavan spent 900,000, 100,000 euro. That's increase two, increase on last year. That's two thousand euro a week, uh, by my maths. <laughs> with 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 the county senior team a month less in action. Yeah, so like it was quite interesting. I, I know the hor- the hurlers uh, went to the league final, but the hurlers only accounted for slightly less than a quarter of that, or around a quarter of that, uh, which is still a fair outlay on the hurling team as well. It has to be said, like and you know the the point was made that the GAs. Um, proposed initiative to get rid of clubs that county teams that don't have enough clubs in their county uh, yeah. was a little bit draconian, but you know it, we you still have, would have to say that it's not an ideal situation if you're spending a quarter of a million on on the senior hurling team and you only have sixty or seventy hurlers adult hurlers in the county. It's no fault of the lads that are putting the the hard work in there and and doing really well, but that's a lot of money on the hurlers. But the footballers because we didn't have. I, you know, we would have had a tiny outlay at, at diff- on the minor and on the 20 hurlers. Yeah. Uh, so on the footballers, there would have been more a longer season and more preparation when they the minors and the, the under 20 footballers. And we've done the 16 footballers as well, which I presume goes out of that. So, yeah. But it's still, a, yeah. it's still a huge amount of money. And it's interesting this year that all counties are now following, well, all counties follow the same template anyway, but the, for in how to present their accounts. But the template has changed. Martin Cahill described it on the night as more akin to how a small business would present its accounts. And there's more detail in it. There's a lot more detail in it. There is. And and yet some counties are are, are changing on the detail, you know, as in the way they present it. So uh, you'll have seen the, the tweet or the image of Loud's accounts and, and Loud's management, the way it's team manager and selectors. And I think it was 120. 12,000 or something was it it was coming in at and then can't remember the exact figure now it was something around that and then but then they had back backroom team personnel and it was only you know 10,000 or something something similar to that so the big take home for me on this one and and I tried to get another couple of accounts as well um like Mead would would have been less Cavan's management as in team manager selectors and backroom team is more expensive than Loud or Mead or Monaghan. Um, mm. So that is a big, big... Don't get me wrong, I, I, I'm not saying we have we have to be cutting and cutting all the time, but we've got to be careful here that we're getting value for money. Well, that was a point I made on, on the pod after the, the loss to Armagh, which was so disappointing in the first round of the Championship, that... You know, we can't really play the poor mouth because this is the best resource team that Cavan has ever yeah. put out. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Ever. There's no it's never been close to it. The figures show that. Like you've got like top James Burke, top coach from from Mayo, who 
coach Mayo in the All Ireland final. You had um, Ryan McMenamin, three time All Ireland winner, uh, Mickey Graham, and you had Andre Quinn, and you had all sorts of coaches and experts in the nutritionists and yeah. ev- everything. So they, they, lack, they lack for nothing. And then, you know, it, it's run into a big tally. Now you can see the, the players' mileage. That's actually well down. Yeah. Players' yeah. mileage is what? In 60. Sorry, um, in, in total is 131,000. Sorry, 131,000, which is 30,000 less than it was the previous year. On players' mileage. On players' mileage, yeah. Yeah. Then there's a, there must be other things buried in there because it was, t- it was 300 grand a couple of years ago. So I, I don't think it, I, I can't imagine it has come down by that much. Uh, that would suggest that the 300 grand figure was was chunky enough there might have been quite a bit of fat dripping off the bones there right so maybe okay. maybe all those dads are only get are only doing half the travelling or maybe that you know with the change in how the accounts are presented that's yeah. that's in somewhere else but I, I, I do remember because I remember um, just pulling out old books here I remember putting it, on, putting it on Twitter at the time that it was back to Celtic Tiger levels and one of the Kevin that actually he wasn't on the panel at the time but he he took me to task about it um, but all I was doing was, was stating the fact that it was back up to Celtic Tiger levels. Now, when you think back, I, I'm always drawn back to that. I think it was 2007 that the player's mileage was 300 grand in Cavan. Yeah. Which which was way back in 16 years ago. So if we're to, to read that and say that the player's mileage is only half of what it was in 2007, there's something funny going on there. Either, yeah. either there or... 16 years ago there was something funny going on I don't think they, tra- they trained twice as hard and travelled twice as far in 2007 and especially when the when I would imagine the flat rate of mileage was probably lower back then certainly the cost of tyres and, and uh, fuel and everything else was lower but for for example so and again the accounts were were delivered differently but it is schedule B2 for 2021 and 2020 um, which is county teams administration expenses team travelling expenses in 2021 it was 187,000 in 2020 it was 143,000 so um, so 2020 was Covid was Covid but then again in 2020 Cavan did complete all their league games but I'm not sure when the actual convention took place you see because it goes up to the end of the financial year was it October 31st or whatever yeah so yeah. Cavan's championship hadn't started at that stage. So you're not really comparing like with like, but yeah, look, it's a, <clears throat> I know that that's something that they do keep an eye on. <clears throat> but one thing is the money. So, okay. And then obviously they've presented big plans here for work they're going to do on the stadium and so on. And if they had a set of 100 million or had a set of 100 euro, I don't think anyone on the floor would have even noticed. I, I was talking to a county board officer and he was really frustrated he he genuinely he said it was the first thing he said to me. I was talking to him after the convention, and he 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 was honestly annoyed. And he yeah. said he said there's no engagement. He said nobody asks any questions. He said we we want questions. We want transparency. We we put a lot of effort into the accounts, and you know we'd love to see questions asked about different things so we can explain things. Yeah. But what happens there is people people go off out the door and give out about it in the car park. And and this is something I'm I'm jumping onto your bandwagon about. Do we really care, or do the delegates really care? There was, I got, and I'm I'm confident talking, and I don't mind asking questions. But after my second question, I was sitting there going, "Okay, 
if I ask another question, this is just going to look like a podcast where Damien's asking the county board questions. And there's no point in me continuing to do this. I thought that by maybe getting the ball rolling, somebody else would jump yeah. in with a question or two around it. But it didn't. And then immediately after convention finished, two different people came up to me and said, oh, geez, where's the money going to come from for that stadium? And I said, why didn't you ask that question? Yeah. If that if that was your, 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 your concern, why not put your hand up and ask that question? So... To be fair, County Board done, I think, pretty much everything they could do in terms of trying to encourage. They got the booklet out relatively early. Um, I, I, I don't know. Do they, do they go one step further and print the booklet out a, a week or two in advance and hand it out to clubs or post it to the it, delegates? Damien, it I don't know how far can they go. It wouldn't make any difference if Martin Cahill called everyone's house with the, with the booklet. Yeah. The, the accounts were sent out a week in advance. Yeah, Everyone had a chance to see them. Uh, the, like there was some stuff in the reports the reports for the most part I don't think there was huge talking points in them there were stuff about coaching courses and stuff that people might have been interested in and it was excellent I thought I, I have to say and I, I, I we, we'll go on to this part now in it because for me coaching in games come out with, with a lot of credit out of this report because I was making the point and I, I'd done the analysis before I went to went to convention because I, again I'd seen the booklet so I, I had a little bit of homework done and in this year's um, convention report, our under fifteen, our under fourteen development squad numbers aren't completed because they done, which I think is a really good system, really good idea. They done regional trainings, which then led into regional games, um, and then from that they they're whittling down the panel to make the under fifteen squad for next year. So take out the number of sessions that the under fourteens have done this year. The under 15s done 72 sessions. Now, the breakdown of that is across uh, pitch, um, uh, gym, and then others, which can be, you know, the, the, the psychological development, the mental development, all those other aspects of it. Under 16s done 70 sessions. So you take that back, and I use the comparison of 2016, which I, I happen to have the convention booklet for. In 2016 are under 16s done 20 sessions are under 15s done 20 sessions so and are under 14s done 20 sessions so between the three age grades in 2016 we done 60 sessions are under 15s and under 16s both done more than that in 2023 um so it's 142 sessions never mind the under 14s so development squad work has multiplied and this is this to me. This is the only sorry. This is this was the most encouraging thing coming out from convention is that we're now starting to really, really nail down our development squads. And in fairness, last year we done a lot of good work with them as well. Or sorry, I say we, Cavan GA coaching and games did a lot of good work. Um, I think it was fifteen sessions under fourteen last year, forty five at under fifteen, and seventy two at under sixteen. So the numbers are all the time getting and moving in the right direction, which can only be positive for Calvin. So I think that that's a massive, massive plus. I, I do think even the numbers for the FDO um, programme, so that the, the football development officers going round to the clubs to coach the coaches, the numbers in general for that were very, very good. Um, few clubs didn't fully engage and more fools them because it, it was excellently rolled out. The coaches were brilliant. I think... Uh, Jody Clark, Andy McGovern, Chris Conroy, um, Dara McCarthy. Was there anyone else? 
they were the, they were the four that came to to Drumalee anyway. But if there was anyone, they were all excellent. I have to say they, 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 they showed really really good coaching sessions for our coaches to to learn from. Uh, the, the the one thing that really really disappointed me was the coaching mentor. Um, the club coaching mentor program. So the numbers started off massive. You know, I can't remember off the top of my head what they were, but we say 50, 60 coaches in on the program. And then at the end of it, it all whittled down. I think at one, um, James Bork done a session, and I think there was only seven or eight at it. Like that's that's really disappointing. We want our coaches to get to a very high standard, and this is a, a program designed to get our coaches to that level. So um, hopefully that'll be improved upon by the club. <clears throat> on all the clubs for next year but the important part is the the, uh, the 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 facilities are there now to improve our coaches to improve our players and development squads and improve the, the standard of football at underage in Cavan so I, I, I came away very very encouraged by what was happening in coaching and games and, and, and with the coaching officers report yeah completely and in fairness I credit where it's due um you know that that's that's something we've been talking about for a while. Now could slip in the right keen mode here and say, "Well, you don't you don't uh, pat the postman on the back for delivering letters." Uh, it it probably should have been done years ago to the, yeah. to a better level, but it's been done now. It seems, and you know, we had a good minor team this year. Uh, left behind them against Donegal, we're supposed to. But uh, what I have heard, we have a really good minor team this year coming now, twenty twenty four as well. So it's starting to come through there now, and that's. There's no, I don't think there's any secret to it. Like you, what you, you get out of it, what you put into it. So it's great to see that that's been, that's been well received and well organised. Yeah. A couple of other highlights from Martin Cal's presentation. So Tom Moore has taken over as as treasurer. Tom presented, say half the accounts, and then Martin went through the rest of the accounts. Um, and Martin's a real pro at this. He's been presenting the accounts for fifteen years, and I love listening to his presentation of the accounts. And he'd always throw in an interesting line or two. One of the things he threw in was. I'm not sure what the figure was, Damien, for medical, but it was something like 120,000 or something. I thought this was interesting, actually. And he said, and he said lads, some lads go for a scan if they break a nail. And yeah. Now, Martin has Martin has made interesting comments like that before. He 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 made a, a comment. He, he for At one stage, for a few years in a row, he, he highlighted, when he was treasurer, uh, the player injury scheme. Yeah. And... He and I remember um, querying him, querying his comments, and he he backtracked a little bit on it. But he made the point one time that you know are the players getting injured playing other sports? And I go, well, let's let's put it to say you got injured at, at a Gaelic session, and you know your operation would be covered by the by the player injury scheme or so on. Like the GA was running that scheme at a loss. But yeah, that that didn't come up this time. Uh, and one he, one he said was that that Kingsman Brefney didn't look sorry, as well. Just go back, go back to that one because. I, I do think that that deserves something to come back at having been involved with with a county team. So, essentially, the way that the, the the number of scans was described to me when I was involved with Cavan in the twenties was by the physios that it's it's like feeling your way through the room in the dark, or you turn on the lights when you get a scan. So if you have an injury, it you know, you can do a lot of examination yourself, but you will not get as accurate a picture as to what went wrong as you would if you do a scan. So in terms of the speed of recovery, the scan is vital. It's absolutely massive. So I I don't, I, I think that, that that is a necessary part in terms of a, a high performance unit that you have to have those scans to get boys back as quick as they possibly can. 
Fair point. Can't argue with that, and you, and you know that from being there. Um, the other thing he said was Kingsman Breffney hasn't looked as well as it should, um, and as we wanted to. Now I would have liked uh, someone to to ask why. What's yeah. the reason? Because I've always been hearing that that teams don't get training on it very much. Well, see, they did. The, the, the county senior team had to train on it last year. They had to train on it right up until... The under-20s didn't train on it, right? No, no. I think the under-20s were on it once. Um, so he, what he said was, we have to look at how, how we use and abuse Kingsman and Breffney. Um, again, I, I, I take this one up at a task. Why, we need to look at how we use and abuse Breffney, but we also need to look at how we prepare our teams. Again, we're back in the... Like we're back in the realm where our county senior team are training on uh, a small sized pitch, a less than three quarter size pitch, and doing certain parts of it. There, there's huge limitations to how you can prepare the Cavan teams at the minute because the the goodwill that was there at one point from clubs to give you the pitch at this time of year is gone. It's completely gone. They don't they don't give the pitch anymore. Like. So Kingspan Breffney is going to be overused and should be overused until we get training facilities, proper training facilities in place. That that's just the reality of the situation, unfortunately. And and as much as you know, we might want an award for for the grass being green on Kingspan Breffney. I'd prefer to have an award for us winning something. Yeah, that's a fair point. And and the other thing is like you look at McCool Park in in Bally Buffet. It's just a, it's a bit of a bog and. What always amazes me when you go up there is the dip there is in the corner of that yeah. pitch for a county pitch. But it obviously gets lots of use, and nobody and at Donegal is saying our, our pitch should be pitch, picture perfect, so let's not use it. It's funny that the uh, the, the, the the National GA Pitch Awards, did you see this? Park Talchin got it. Park Talchin got it. Um, and again, there, there are little dips and humps in Park Talchin, but it's no coincidence that the Mead team never train in Park Talchin they, because they have. Um, their centre of excellence, Dungani, yeah. and did you did you see a, a, a pitch that was on shortlisted? I give you. I'll Don't give say Brewster. Brewster Park was shortlisted, and I I I fell off my chair. I genuinely did. I hurt my head. It was, <laughs> it was nuts. Brewster Park was shortlisted for pitch of the year. Jesus, I couldn't Christ. get over it. A swimming pool of the year. Yeah, um, yeah. But the other the other thing as well is, I mean, I'm not an expert on on, on turf care here, but. I would imagine it's a lot easier to have a good surface of a field up in County Mead, which is among the best land in Ireland, compared to what we have in Breffney, where we're, it's lying in a hollow. Mm. And, and all, riverbed. Of, all of the area outside Cabin Town, if you look around it, like there's not much good land around Cabin Town. It's all boggy and marshy land anyway. Yeah. So I don't see why Breffney would be any different. So I'd say a lot of work has gone in to get Breffney nearly to, to where it is. Um, here's one for you. That Martin made the point. The gate receipts... They compared okay with that with the previous year, but it, the previous year was skewed a little bit as far as I remember because there was a change in the accounting year, and it w- you were bringing in semis and finals into that into that um, that year's figures. Well, they were down significantly, though. Yeah, but that's the reason. I think that's part of the reason. So, so we'll 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 hear it from Martin Cahill in the interview here. So basically, he explains that. It's because the semi-finals and the finals of this year's club championships were in next year's oh, that was, receipts. Yeah, yeah, so there was an accounting thing there on that. But he did make a point during his presentation that gate receipts were very slow at the start of the championship and then they picked up. That's right. Which feeds into exactly what I've been saying all year. 
<laughs> I knew this was coming. Well, it's, it's a fact, Damien. People are voting with their feet. They're not going to the group games. Group games oh, are a pile of rubbish. Hold on it means a nothing. Second. Shadow boxing. Oh, Championship on. starts in the quarter final. When you when you go through when you play that entire group stage of what whatever it is, how many group games are played in our in our competition? How many I yeah in, in the senior championship? It's a so lot. There's what 12, 12 teams who each get four games. Yeah, but then some of them play each other. I can I'm never going to go to work on those out, but yeah. it's a lot of games and two tours of the teams advance. Mental, if you ask me, but, okay, I, but I think people are starting to vote with their feet. I think that system has has become very jaded. Hold on, but we still have, and again, I th- I'm not sure it's off the record or on the record. We still have the highest attendances of club championships in Ulster. Club championship gate receipts are the highest in Cavan. That uh, yeah, uh, well, Cavan have the highest in Ulster. Yeah, but in Tyrone, you only have like nine games in your senior championship or whatever it is. Like from the quarterfinals on. Obviously, you've got it's four, two, and one. You've only got seven, and okay. so then, then you have a round of sixteen before that. Right, so that's eight. So you have fifteen. You've only games. fifteen games in the whole thing. In Cavan, I think in Cavan we've thirty. But then you have your intermediates, you have your juniors. So all in all, like yeah, but, these yeah, are all included. Yeah. So, but the more championships you have, the more games you're going to have. Yeah, as in, if you have a group system in in all three tiers, which we have, whereas Throne you have a knockout system, so we have multiples of the games they have. Yeah, I'm we just go, working out. So the twenty four games before championship, before quarter finals in Cavan. Yeah, and then you have seven. So you've thirty one games compared to uh, 16, not, not 15, include, 16. Not including replays, yeah. Yeah. But then you have more games than that. Um have you more games than that then in the intermediate and junior because you've more teams? Uh yeah, you have. You have, yeah. Yeah, so like we've an awful lot of games. So we can't compare it to the likes of Tyrone. I don't know what their format is in Derry, but our system uh something similar facilitates an awful lot of to games. Our own. Um yeah, yeah, but I I I still think they've what's well Why yeah. are people not going to the group stages, do you think? Because that's what he says. He's very slow, he says. Like, I'd like to hear you argue with this stat. Because there's because there are a lot of games going on. So No, but I, he's comparing it to other years. There was a lot of games going on every other year of this system. It's down in the group stages and then it picks up because this system has got jaded. And the championship starts in the quarterfinals. Yeah, I who don't wants, know. Who wants to go I, to a dead rubber? Well, sure, we don't have a league anymore, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll go into that one. Okay, the okay. other, go on. I'll let you finish off because the other one that I I thought was very interesting. Sorry, I, I'll, I'll jump in. He mentioned something about uh, Cavan's share of the National Football League. Was this one of your points? So in 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 twenty twenty two, for Division Four, Cavan got thirty nine thousand. It's meant to dramatically increase as you go up the divisions. Cavan only got 47,000 in Division 3 for 2023. Um, so, the, but the point being even, take it further on. How in God's name is the GA standing over this and still allowing this to happen? As you said, is is the GA just happier to drop the, the the ladder and and say to the bottom he forget about you because in reality, it's whoever finished bottom of Division Four should get the most money for division for for twenty twenty four. They should get the most money. They should and and there should be somebody from Crow Park that comes in and says we're going to help you to spend this and it's going to X amount is going to go into your development squads and we're going to try to you know something towards that end because we're mm. not going to make. The, the GA a fair competition when we're given I think it, 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 I can't remember what it, it could be close to 100 grand if you're Division 1 
compared to yeah. you know, thirty grand if you're division division four. That's it. That's it. Like well, like I don't think there is an appetite there to level the playing field. I think I'm always saying this, but we should have exhausted these other avenues before we decided to just introduce new tiers. That's my opinion on it. Yeah. Because I don't think I don't think there's any coming back from the tiers now. There's only gonna be more tiers and <laughs> Which lead to tiers. But <laughs> from me. But you know, you you have counties there now like that are gonna be stuck in the third tier forever, like they'll be stuck in the third tier for years and they're gonna be playing the same teams every year. And uh the big day against their neighbours, whatever, all that's gone. Uh, the possibility of ever, ever, ever closing the gap, that ship has sailed too. So, well, unless unless they dramatically change this, yeah, this this is this is a this is something that realistically the GA could make relatively quick strides. Now, I'm talking five to ten year strides, mm. but in in the overall scheme of things, that's that's not a massive amount of time. Well, things like strength, strength and condition and stuff like that, that should should all be centralised. Well, it will be. Yeah, well, that should be done. It yeah. will be, and it's and, and and it's coming. That that's coming down the track, and probably the reality of it is, all of these things will be, kind of even even I think the way that the accounts are being presented is a move towards that idea, that we'll start to see. I don't know what podcast I was listening to. Some intercounty manager basically said, "Look at uh, an intercounty manager should be paid fifty thousand a year to do the job." And it's all on the books, and that's his actual job, or whatever, the, whatever the salary is, and then you're allowed a coach who is paid whatever amount of money, and and every county is under the same financial restraints or resources, whichever way you're looking. Yeah, at. the problem is that the co- as Peter Quinn once said, I, he he was asked could he find under the table payments. He said I couldn't even find the table. Like <laughs> yeah. there is that that culture is ingrained, like. Um, and it's it's gone on in various counties around the country. The uh, the other interesting things Martin Cahill said, uh, assets at the moment are six point three million, which includes the the stadium, the gyms, the polo grounds, all that. The one point four million in the bank. There's a million held in an account by Crow Park, which is Ring Fence for Development. Um, they're se- they've got seven years outstanding on their loans. Some of the other interesting things: rental income went up, so that's ground rent yeah. that you get for for. Because they had some big games. Obviously, the Armagh game. They had the under twenty All Ireland final. Uh, they had a double header with Dublin and Sligo and Westmead and in, in Tyrone. They made about twenty grand per day for those games. Yeah, which is significant. It's significant, but then there's other costs as well. Uh, on the other side of that, more games. They had to put more money into it. It costs more to run those games. Because in fairness, I think one thing Cavan do very well is they, they run their match days really, really well. Um, mm. Yeah, the monthly draw, he said, could do better. Um, very disappointed with the return from the NFL, as as we said. And another uh, bugbear that Martin Cal had was that, that the grants for overseas travel don't come anywhere close to covering those trips. So Cavan had to go to London twice last year. Did he? No, oh, Birmingham, sorry. Birmingham once. Birmingham once, once. Yeah, and London yeah, yeah. the year before for the league. That's but right, yeah. At least when you're, when you're drawn away uh, to go to England in the league in Hurling or football like you have a few months to plan for that yeah. but if you, you get London in the Tatchen Cup and suddenly you have to bring a party of 50 or 60 at the height of summer to London and find somewhere to stay and book flights and all that you're not hiding to nothing there you're going to get nailed mm-hmm. on, on that and, and they did get nailed and the grant the grant only covers a fraction of it and he made a very very valid point in this day and age, surely the GEA Crow Park can block book that one out and say, we're going to give you the names in, you know, on this date, but we need 50 seats on a on a 
flight going over, we need a hotel, we're going to book all of this out and then just allocate that to whoever draws London in the championship. Um, and, and give London the home draw on the, on, on the first round of the Talchin Cup every time, you know. Completely. But again, it goes back to the, the GA being a wash of money and you know, to fundraise and raise 150 grand as as was the story with the dancing all stars, that's that takes a massive effort. Yeah, from all concerned. But to spend fifty grand, it's gone in the blink of an eye, and you know, de- delegates don't even wake up from their wee snooze during the convention when <laughs> when they were throwing out fifty grand here and two hundred grand there. Yeah. Um, wages and salaries increased, which he said uh, jokingly was no reflection on his big salary that he's on as head of operations. I'm curious on that one though, a, a little bit curious. And again, another question I'd have liked to ask. The, the number of full-time staff went down, though. And we had periods where, you know, there was, there was like, so in coaching and games, we've lost full-time staff. So I, I don't know how it's going up exactly. I'd, I'd have loved to know exactly what, what that was on because, um, like, I think I was, I was making this out roughly on, I have a note here somewhere on this. So we'll say since 2020, Cav and coaching and games have lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven full-time staff. Um, you know, there, there, there has been two come in out of those seven and then some coming in as part-time. But Well, obviously there's a head of operations, uh, which is Martin himself, who's probably probably the best paid employee, seen as he's the top of the tree. Yeah, and you wouldn't be. begrudge him any of that. Yeah. Uh, but the, they've had to hire a lot of coaches to come in and do those RDO programs, isn't it? FDO, FDO programs. Yeah, they're part-time. Yeah, employees. so I'd, I'd imagine it's come. There's a certain amount in that. I'm not 100 percent sure what the story is there. And the other, yeah, yeah. The other thing, but then on to Kieran Callaghan's address, um, which is very comprehensive. But he talked about uh, referees. I think he said we've 58 referees now in cabinet. But he said, and like that's a that's an area that you know in terms of the number of referees has improved in the last few years yeah that was yeah. that was one of nearly Rourke and and the refereeing committee on that one when Kieran Callaghan came in as chairman I think the night in his acceptance speech that night it was nearly the first thing he brought up was yeah. referees there's only 30 something at that stage yeah there's 58 now he said we need 10 new referees a year now some people would say we need 30 new referees to cabin but uh, he thanked the referees obviously uh, he went through the various committees um but his big focus, I felt, the big takeaway from his speech, we'll come back to the stadium in a minute and the facilities, but he talked at length about the importance of volunteering. And he, he said yeah. that... Um, and he does mention this... In, yeah, well, in, maybe we'll go to the interviews and come back to it then. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll play a boat. Join my head of operations, I was going to say treasurer, but head of operations, Martin Cahill, um, after convention here. I suppose a couple of points. We'll start off with the, uh, the, the new structure on the accounts. kind of gives... Maybe a little bit more detail than we've seen in the past. Yeah, the, well, it's changed at the request of Crow Park. They're now uh, prepared and formatted similar to a set of uh, normal company accounts and to the same standards as company accounts would be. And there's more detail in the in the accounts now than there ever was. Um, no harm in that. Some counties talked about not disclosing information. We have no problem in disclosing information. Never had. Uh, quite happy to, to look after all that sort of stuff. In fairness, the same thing with sponsorship. 
other counties just put in a sponsorship figure. We always put in a full breakdown of all our sponsors. So we had no difficulty in, in, in disclosing our, our figures. Figures are up slightly this year, probably a 10% increase in t- team costs uh, from about 800,000 to 910 odd thousand. Uh, that's a little bit disappointing uh, because you'd like to try and keep costs at a, at a level. Um, a little bit disappointing too that this year's year was probably shorter than last year. Last year we played until the end, middle of July. This year we were finished in the middle of June. So, but equally, as it was the costs of everything, travel, and as well as that, the, the costs with the GPA agreement went up from about 60 cents, I think, last year per mile to 70 cents per mile this year. So that brought a, a natural increase as well. I suppose the, when you look at the, uh, the the breakdown of it, and, and for the first time you can separate up the senior team, so 550000 spent on the senior team, true expenses, food, management, backroom team, all that. So uh, I know you haven't got a figure compare, to compare that with last year, but it's uh, it, it doesn't sound like it's a massive amount compared to when you hear of figures of millions with, with some county teams. Well, I suppose you do hear anecdotal figures all around the place of million here and whatever else, and some county spending. 2.5 million which people I've been at pains when I was treasurer and now that I'm in a different role to say that the spend the 910,000 is on all our county teams the, the Hurland team I suppose maybe more surprising to people might be that we spent 220 odd thousand on our hurlers uh, but I suppose both of them camouflage to a certain extent that both of them had to travel to the UK, so the spend is in there. We do get a grant for, for that, but the way that the accounts are prepared and shown is that the, the income from that comes in on a different side of the account. But yes, 550000 it's a significant figure. If we could get a 10% reduction, that's 50000 and that's what we'd be hoping for next year, that we try and keep things as tight as possible. And uh, to, to be fair, our players are not bad. They don't go looking for crazy things. They, our GPA guys are very... Honourable, and they, they they get a little, and they give a uh, they give a little as well. So I think it's it's a it's a good relationship. Is it one of those things though that you're a long time as treasurer and now into into new role, but you deal with the same thing? It's going to get more expensive every single year. It's 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 just like life, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I suppose you always try and minimise it. You try and I don't say stop it, but you try and curtail it. Uh, but there's I suppose a natural increase. The number on panels keeps increasing. We have probably 40 most of the time last year. Uh, most people would say 40 is too many. The strength and condition, the, the, the people there would say, well, look, at most 80% of the time you won't have all your players. So 80% of 40 is 31, 32 fit players. So that's the logic behind that. But uh, with the GPA agreement, and I'm not saying that we want to reduce uh, our players or, or cut them back, but it is it is a massive cost. Travel is a, is a very significant cost. Strength and conditioning, backroom teams, physio, medical, uh, catering, um, the, the aspects of the game that we're all looking at, the 1% that everyone is striving for, they all cost money, and uh, everyone else is doing it, so we have to join them or lose out. With that in mind, you brought up a very valid point with regards to the the distribution of the funds from the gate receipts on on the the National Football League. It's meant to be a significant increase as you go up through divisions. It wasn't. We didn't notice a big significant increase from Division 4 to Division 3. But your bigger point about when you take the hurlers and what they got, and we're trying to, we're after seeing the motion taken off, or for for convention or for Congress about you know trying to spread the the hurling game, 
a big county in, in Horland getting whatever they get compared to a small county in, in Horland, that's not going to help them grow, is it? No, I mean, our dividend from the National Hurling League and we got to a final and we won a final was somewhere shy of 10,000 euros. Typically, the Limericks, the Kilkenny's would get somewhere in the region of 150k from the National League. I've mooted it during the past and it wasn't taken up by many that that should be the reverse. If we were given 150k to try and promote Hurling, uh, that would be sensible. Now, the Kilkenny's and the, the, the Limericks wouldn't fancy getting the 10,000, but, you know, they're established, and maybe the same could happen in, in football, where uh, some of the big hitters in the, in the National League would have been taken closer, maybe 200,000, when they have a, a big game in Crow Park, the national games in Crow Park. We actually proposed at one stage that the Division 4 and Division 2 finals would go together, because you'd have a better mix and a better equitable gait, and, that, and Division 1 and 3, or, or, or something like that, and that would m- maybe uh, make make the, the, the dividend better for, for both. But, you know, when you have a Division 3 and Division 4, they're not the most glamorous games in the world, and they won't bring a big thing. Now, you'd be hoping that as we go up to division, Divisions, now to Division 2, and, uh, and hopefully stay there, that we'll get a better return. Typically, Division 4 would get you about, if you if, if you got to a final, get you about 40,000. Division Three should get you, we hope, 60. Division two, you'd expect if you stay in it, you'll probably get about 80,000 out of it. And then if you were good enough to get to a different division, you would hopefully get to, excuse me, you'd get to uh, somewhere maybe 100, 120,000. So like, if there is a way of the GEA trying to level the things out, surely finances is the first tool that they should be going at. And and when you look at other sports, you take the NFL, you take you know AFL in Australia, the teams who finish at the bottom are given something to try to help them to get up. We don't do that in the GEA. We don't. Um, I suppose you could say, yes, we should. I suppose equally, it depends on how people spend their money. Now, there is a lot of governance in, in, from Crow Park. There's a lot of of accountability and none of us are unhappy with that and I think maybe yes if, if we had that there uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea that we would look after the bottom teams first um, and, and to be fair to, to Crow Park there is an element of that there where there are I think three or four counties perceived weak counties smaller counties Leitrim would be one of them that they get a higher return from Crow Park um, we get a subvention for the 70 cents of a mile that uh, we pay our, our players for travel we get 30% of that covered by Crow Park for the first 32 on a panel. Uh, Leitrim will be getting maybe 40% of that covered. So there is, I know it's, it's, it's minimal enough, but it's probably working towards your model as it were. Okay, okay well hopefully, hopefully it doesn't take too long to get to that point. The final point uh, before I let you go, the club championship uh, gate looked like it was down almost 90,000. Um, can you explain that? Yeah, it's, it's a timing issue in 2020. Uh, our, our championships, some of them were in September, so they came into one financial year. The following year, they were in October and September of 2023, so we had them twice in the one year. We had them twice in 2022 financial year, we had them only once in 2021, and they were this, they were the, the bigger games at the end of the year, county semi-finals, county quarter-finals, and intermediate and senior, so they were significant games. So it's purely a timing issue. Um, Whilst our gates are down and nobody's complacent, our gates are still very, very healthy. I think we will be the highest county in Ulster in terms of gates um, and significantly more. That doesn't mean that we're getting complacent or anything like that. Uh, But yes, our gates are good. They're not as good as they were, but they're still reasonably good figures.
So from a county board point of view and a finance point of view, the structures are working. Well, it's not for me. I hope I hope everyone else thinks that they're working. When you're on the inside looking out, you don't. You mightn't think so, but I think we're in a reasonably healthy situation. Yeah, we. I suppose the one thing maybe is that we've spent a awful lot of money. We've invested, as Ron says, spent invested as a proper word. Uh, in the last five years, we probably have eight hundred thousand. I would say invested around Kingston Breffney, and that's all from our own cash flow. No borrowings on that. We we uh, spent about two hundred thousand on the polar grounds pitch. We put lights on the three G, which is one hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, we've done the sensory room. We've done the bar stops at the back of, of the goals in Kingsman Breffney, um, and we received about a hundred thousand funding for that altogether. So you know, and the gym project, the gym itself, probably the building cost three hundred thousand, some kit, some heat and light. So we put all that together. It's a significant spend, and that. That does put pressure on you, but it's probably a, a show of strength that we've been able to do all that and all of that, hopefully to, to, to improve our players. The, the Polo Grounds project, uh, we hope that the pitch will be available all during the winter as best we can for our players and for our county teams, and that should save the main stadium because we want to have the main stadium as good as possible. Martin, well done. Go Happy on. Christmas. Cheers, Damien, and I'll everyone listening. Joined by Chairman of Cavan GA, Kieran Callaghan, after convention here in Killing Care. I suppose the first question is 2023, looking back at it now, was it a success? Well, I suppose the leagues, Damien, were a success. You know what I mean? You won both leagues. The Horrors won the league. Uh, they were a 3B league and the Fupplers won Division 3 league. So, like, you know, you have to look back and say, league, yes, definitely a success. You have to play at the level you win and you have to, you know, win at the level you're at. So we've done that in the league. Obviously, championship, a senior championship was very disappointing. You know, um, didn't perform against Armagh. You know, a couple of games of Tatchin Cup then and then, again, didn't perform against Down and... Um, on the 17 and on the 20, you know, come up short in both, you know, both of them as well. And I suppose it's getting the difference, Damien, between losing by a point and winning by a point. And we have to get this, you know. And that's, I suppose, we look at going and losing by a point. Bally has been beaten by a point, you know. And it's just turning that now to winning by a point. And that's, I suppose, you know, what we have to aim for. I suppose that in that, it's you're close, but not getting over the line. And, and what what can Cavan GA do to get us over the line then? I think you know what has happened last year or in 2023 with the FDO model where we're coaching the coaches and focusing on coaching coaches and I think you know coaches have to be educated you know when there's so many different aspects to coaching now and I think it's so important with the work that's going on now you know rather than training a coach a couple of hundred players you know you're coaching the coaches who then in turn coach the players you know and it's, it makes far more sense and it's been very very worthwhile and very well received in the clubs Moving on to a big announcement there lovely um Video done and, and plans done for the development of, of the stand or stadium in Kingspan Breffney. It looks like an absolutely massive project. It looks like something that would be amazing, but it's going to cost a, a huge amount of money, I'd imagine. Well, I suppose, Amy, I mean, we'll have to roll the carpet back, right? Okay, so Cavan County Council's lead role or lead applicant in the large scale sport infrastructure fund for the sports campus in Cavan. Cavan GEA and Cavan Royal School are partners to the, to the application. The application then, when we looked at it, we, we were going to have two pitches on it. We looked at the ground last year. We looked at the height levels. And as I always say, if it's not hills and cabin, it's hollows. So you have both. And we have both to deal with in the same, in the same field. And uh, what we've agreed, we agreed and we went through the process with the management committee, county board, Ulster Council and Crow Park Class Tours uh, agreed the purchase of an additional near enough 14 acres of ground at 1.1 million, which is a massive... Um, investment by Cavan GEA but it gives us four pitches and when we brought in consulting engineers it was actually going to cost about two million to put in retaining walls where we were so this the way we're going now 
we're not losing money on retaining walls but we're gaining two extra pitches so we will finish with four pitches Damien across the far side of the river which is the area known as the polo grounds which forms part of the sports campus which is part of the council which you have a full 4G pitch um, you have a soccer pitch you have an athletics track you have a hockey pitch and you have an indoor arena so like, it's a fantastic fantastic you know obviously going to plan a mission now in the new year you know February or March and like, it's just fantastic to be part of this and it's, it, as somebody said to me it's not just going to be the best in Ireland but it's going to be one of the best in Europe like Cavan GA is going to finish with 7G pitches you know and then the council is a full 4G pitch and it goes from the far side of the 3 of the 3G to Terry Coyle it is a massive development um, so the council is hoping the phase 1 will go to construction in 2025 so phase 1 has two pitches two GA pitches on GA land in that phase yeah, so out of that, Cavan GA will finish with two full-size GA pitches, fully floodlit. And, and, and in that, you're seeing roughly 25 million of that, so it's, it's quite a, a hefty cost, but that's not Cavan GA is going to be paying 25 million. No, well, I suppose our cost, I mean, if you would take an average pitch of probably about 800,000 per pitch, which includes lighting, handrails, footpaths, etc., um, so you're probably about 3.2 million on our side of the road, Damien, and, and the way it works, it's a 70-30, so 70% from funding and 30% from Cavan GEA. Okay. I suppose with that then, with that development, the new stadium or, or, or the stand um, that, that you unveiled here this evening, that's going to be significantly more expensive, but an unbelievable looking facility. Yeah, it is, Damien, but we looked at it again and we looked at the area and we looked at the space required for changing rooms, etc., to service four changing rooms or four pitches so <clears throat> when we went over to that we actually muted um, clearing out the, the open seat on both sides of the main stand and covering the stand the full length of the, of the pitch so building around our existing stand building two three storey buildings each side of our existing stand but incorporating four change rooms on the ground floor on one side and four change rooms on the ground floor on the other side so we have to be very conscious Damien going forward funding model is 50-50 male-female so one side will be for male one side will be for female of the, of the change rooms and that's the way the funding model is going forward on the first floor then we'd be hoping to put in maybe a museum you know eating areas for teams team meetings handball alleys um, you know numerous different areas um, you know obviously <clears> to <throat> be wheelchair area multi-sensory rooms you know meeting rooms you know, on the top floor, you have a bit of corporate section. So, like, it, it is a massive development. And when you look at it, Damien, right? But I hear from people saying, you know, oh, other counties got this and other counties got that. Well, if you're not shovel ready, you won't get it. So you have to have a plan of mission. So to Kingspan, who is funding the design and fund, funded the first part of the design, um, and yes, they agreed to fund uh, design that presented here tonight, Kingspan paid for that in full, paid the design team which is just absolutely phenomenal and yesterday they agreed to fund through to planning which means they're employing instruction engineers architects to bring this right through to planning which is unbelievable for Cavan GA and the bottom line Damien is whether people say you know it's a massive it is a massive undertaking it's a massive looking but we're no different than any other county we have to drive on and what we have to do for ourselves Damien we have to do it for Cavan you know what I mean there's no point in giving out about it you know or complaining about other counties getting money you know We'll be shovel ready then when you have planned permission, then you can apply for funding. Is is that the dressing rooms and therefore the, the extension of the stand, will that come under the sports campus uh, 70 30 model? Um, the sports minister is supposed to come down to see us in the new year, and uh, that's what we're trying to get him to <laughs> twist his arm, Damien. <laughs> 
it would be well worth his while. Uh, you mentioned Kingspan, I suppose, the, the, the amount of money. I was just looking through, Martin Cattle mentioned that particularly just on the funding without the, the design and all that, they, they had over 150,000, but the, the design process now, the engineers and all that, they're, they're really, really injecting money and, and funding into Cavan GA. Well, I think this year, Damien, you know, we're heading for when you count what they've done for Cavan GA this year, from funding the FDO models to funding the sensory room to funding the teams, the naming rights, the Ambassador's Day in Kingspan Breffney. Kingspan is a phenomenal company, a phenomenal local employer, um, Damien, there's no doubt about it. In 2023, Kingspan has, you know, funded Cavan to the tune of a quarter of a million. That is the, you know, that is the bottom line. That's huge. Absolutely massive. Uh, I was speaking of funding. Uh, you got a nice welcome or a nice check this morning, um, Mr. McManus and the family. That was unexpected. Had, had you any idea that this was coming? No, no idea this is coming. And to JP and Nori McManus, all I can say is thank you very much from every Galen Cavan. It is an unbelievable gesture of decency. Um, it's just unbelievable, Damien. And I think the 32 million went out today. And Cavan GA, and I can guarantee you, you know, the management committee of Cavan GA will endeavour to make sure that money is spent in a good way. I suppose that brings it on to GAP McManus. You know, I suppose appreciating the uh, appreciating what the GA do for the community in, in in Ireland in general, and the volunteers that are there. And you touched on the volunteers at the end of your speech there, which I thought was very important. Damien, volunteers are the lifeblood of the community. Um, every club in in Cavan, every club in the country, but in Cavan, regardless whether it's Cavan clubs or Cavan County Board, we all need volunteers. Um, but. Uh, I'd be straight out, Damien, you know, and, uh, you know, the challenges of parents keeping interfering in children in, and taking over, um, you know, interfering with the decision making. A child is dropped from a team, a child is dropped from something else, and the parents is in um, fighting their battles. And it's crazy stuff, Damien, because what children have to do is learn resilience. And the way you learn resilience is by knocks and setbacks, and you get beaten down and you get up again and you go at it again and that's resilience built into people and it's so important for children to build resilience in and not have their parents in you know on a Saturday morning and I have no problem saying it to me you know the amount of clubs where parents drop their children and just run from the gate you know and don't involve them so it's time to get say hold on a second in here help out we all need help we're all volunteers and people say I don't have time you know none of us have time Damien you know but we make time and that's what people have to do and have to start looking at that and making time and giving their time back to the GA, giving their time back to the community. And you will. And what you get from volunteering is more than you will ever give. The friendships you make, the people you meet, the crack you'll have, the slagging, um, you can't buy it. And that's so important, Damien. Absolutely. Well, look at Happy Christmas, Kieran. Hope you have a great 2024. Thanks, Damien. Yeah, finishing off with, with, with Kieran there, the, the, the volunteerism and... and I I like this point, and I have to say I, I completely agree with it. Sport is meant to be. Uh, uh, I had the phrase earlier on. It's after going out of my head. A, a a replica of life, you know, but in in softer conditions. But yet, what we're actually doing now, in a lot of cases, is we're trying to take out the replica of the pain for to 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 protect kids. And all we're doing is we're making them vulnerable. Mm. This is a big, big thing for me. And I, I was delighted he brought this up and, and, and credit where it's due. I think he's hitting the nail on the head. You know, where we have parents 
standing up and saying, why isn't my son playing and giving out to coaches? They need to be saying to their child, listen, this is sport. It's not be all and end all. It's not the end of the world if it doesn't work out for you. But if you want it to work out, you've got to work a little bit harder here. You've got to put a bit more time into it because that's what you have to do in life. And I think that's a that's a point that's been lost in society and the GA is, is a really good indicator of society in Ireland in general. Well, he described as political correctness gone mad. And, you know, usually when you hear that phrase, you're, you're, you're rolling your eyes or whatever, but it's hard to argue with his point. I thought that part of his speech was, was really good. It was very well delivered and he touched on that. Like, yeah. you know, kids need, kids need to learn through adversity. No, you learn from losing and you get tougher and, and you get on with it. Like this thing of, of Molly Coddling and, you know, let's make it non competitive till you're 23 or whatever. Forget about it. Like, it's, yeah, it's mad. Like, it's no good. Uh, I, yeah. But he, he talked about the need for volunteers. And what, what I found was interesting was he, he gave a list of the, the reasons that people give for not volunteering. And he was mm. like, I, I don't have time. You know, I don't, I don't want to face the abuse. I don't want to face the trolls. I don't want to face this or that and he had answers for them all and he was just encouraging people to volunteer because he didn't I asked him was it a crisis and he, he didn't go as far as saying it was a crisis but it has reached a, a situation where clubs are struggling to fill officer positions if you yeah. don't have officers you don't have a club um, you can't you can't fulfil your, your duties to the county board and to, for registrations and insurances yeah. and all the rest of it you, you have to have officers to run the club otherwise you're not a club you're a collection of teams so I think that um, it's an important one and it'll be interesting to look back in a few years time and see that um, is this is this continuing what 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 I think probably was missed in it was just the joy that there can be in volunteering you know all too often I think we, we, we've got away from that a, a little bit too much where everything is about right where's the where's the euro sum for the hours that I put in and mm. But you, but you can understand that if you're looking at it and saying there's 550 grand spent on the Cavan senior team there's we're getting near the 1 million euro mark spent spent on uh, all teams on all teams in Cavan well, why should you do it for nothing? My point being in, in in club area in particular there's there's an awful lot more to it than, than any finances there's an awful lot of reward like I, I I've coached on the edge for a very, very long time in, in, in Drummalee and in You made County. a fortune out of that. I, I'm a wealthy man. Look at <laughs> look at the ten year old Jeep I drive. Uh, but 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 the point being that the reward isn't financially the, the reward is the the people and what comes of those people and some of them are hardship stories but some an awful lot of them are when you're walking through town and somebody meets you and has a chat with you and you hear that they're doing well in life and that they're healthy and they, they maybe on some occasion thank you for for spending the hours that you that you spent coaching them. The, the reward is in that, and then the reward is in seeing them then return that to another generation. There's an awful lot more reward in in giving those hours. And where I actually think, and and this is me evolving uh, back into it, is is that we 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 automatically now feel that we have to continue to progress and in order to progress we have to go to a higher level and a higher level and do more but maybe just showing up at the training session having a little bit of preparation done three times a week for your under 16 club team um you know spending six seven eight hours a week with your under 16 club team 
that's enough. That is enough. And it's a rewarding pastime that maybe can take you away from the drudgery of your nine to five. Mm. And I think that that's something that, that we may have forgotten about or not everybody in fairness, there's a lot of people that, that are doing it and, and, and more credit to them. But the, the ones who are standing outside the fire need to get in because it's nice and warm and it's it's a good place to be involved. Well, that's it. But one of the things he talked about was sort of the the bureaucracy of it and how like you've so many courses to do and you've so many this and that too. And that, mm. like, that's something that drives me mad in handball now, I have to say. I was actually Ulster Secretary for, for nearly three years and it used to drive me mad. Just meetings about meetings. And I never, I got so frustrated because I felt that if this meeting doesn't happen, nothing will change. Like we won't lose anything here. This is a, meet, a meeting that's going to achieve nothing. But So I can understand that and people are busy but uh, the other the other thing things then he moved from that into like this thing about parents um, being a lot of parents being nuts and um, <laughs> no I'm, I'm paraphrased you are he didn't mention nuts no but he was saying like you know some parents they might pick and choose what train sessions they bring their kids to but then they're they'll get on the back of the volunteer coach if they're if their little Johnny's not playing now I see that in, in work all the time um, so hell had no fury like a mother scorned or a mother whose little Johnny scored three points and, and was only put down for one in the coming of one school <laughs> Division 5 report it's it's unbelievable it's unbelievable yeah. but that's that's society now and I suppose as one of my colleagues calls it my little Johnny syndrome but you get that so I thought I thought Kieran delivered an excellent address there that could be taken up a whole lot differently <laughs> my little Johnny syndrome uh, yeah I thought he delivered an excellent address there. Um, he discovered he <coughs> talked about a lot more stuff. There was a lot more in it, but that was that was the gist of it. Um, the, the stadium and the polo grounds development, which which is the final thing on this, um, they a lot a lot in it, a huge amount in it. So it it looks like the progress is actually happening a bit fast well it's happening relatively fast for a county council project I must say because they're hoping to so they're going to tender sorry they're going for planning permission on the the, the sports campus which isn't all Cavan GEA stuff it's it's a, a 4G pitch on the, the royal side of the road and a, the, a hockey pitch uh, an indoor arena with athletics stuff like that on a soccer pitch um but they're going to to plan a permission for that which it will include the first two pitches um phase one basically the first two pitches on Cavan G and that planning permission is going to be sought in was it March February or March of, of 2024 yeah February I think yeah and therefore rolling on that that's an 18 month process which brings you up to August of 2025 when you're torn and or, or, or putting it out for tender and hopefully in 2026 then starting the actual process of putting those pitches together. Yeah, Any, anything that goes through a government department is going to be very slow and unwieldy. That's just the nature of the beast. I'd imagine if the, you know, smaller organisations like even like Cavan County Board would be a little bit more nimble and would probably be able to get moving on that. But it's, it's a county council project this and I'd imagine that it's going to be an unbelievable job. Like the, the graphics look great. They do. They really looked exci- exciting. Now, in terms of that's a separate thing to the development of the stand up. Well, that that that's what Kieran was just making on the point there is that hoping to bring the stand in underneath that development under that seventy thirty um, 
that that seventy thirty grant basically for it. So like there was an awful lot of rumors when that that the graphics for the stand and the the, the training, um, the polo grounds, dressing rooms and that all underneath the stand. There was a lot of rumors around the Kingspan were going to pay for the whole lot of it and this sort of stuff. So that's kind of quashed there. Now they've paid for everything so far on it, but. They uh, they haven't committed to paying for everything on it in total, but it's a uh, if if they got a seventy thirty split on that, I'd imagine then the remainder would be very doable. But mm. again, and and he does make the point, you know, without the planning permission for this, you'll never get to the point that you're looking for the funding. So put out the put out the the, the project there, put out the planning permission. And then work on getting the funding after it, but and it is and it has to be secondary to the pitches, the training pitches. No point in having that stand there if we've no training pitches. Mm. Completely, yeah. com- completely. Like, and there, there is that sense out there in the county that we, we've we're focusing on the wrong things, rightly or wrongly. Maybe people are are frustrated that results haven't gone our way, and if results had gone better. Um, you know, let's say results had gone had had gone better, and there was less infrastructural stuff going on. That thing mightn't be happening. And I, I mean, it, it's not necessarily in the gift of the county board to, to improve the results between the st- between the first of January and the thirty first of December. It's not, but it's in their it's in their power to improve them in three, four, five years, yeah. six years time, and and that's what we should be constantly focusing on. But I I I do. I do think that the polo grounds is a big, big part of improving our on-field results. Now, I I personally believe if we continue to do the number of sessions that we're doing with development squads at the minute and and did last year, if we continue that for the next forever, we will be back up at the top table. I firmly believe it. Cause it's a pity we ever stopped it because, yeah. you know, Cavan was on the, the right track at Underage and we're the envy of Ulster by the time of 2014. 2015, like when that McCrory success happened, you were looking back at at four Ulster and twenty one titles, a minor title, the, the most a, a minor final era. that year, and a, and a McCrory Cup title. Um, even up to twenty seventeen, you got to a you got to a minor final, um, but that has that has and an an All Ireland semi final after, but that that has fallen away now in the last few years. So, um, yeah. yeah, look, it's it's what can you say? It's o- overall, overall convention positive or negative. I thought it was positive. It was one of the more interesting conventions I've been to. Obviously, with the presentation about the facilities, um, you got a little bit more detail in the accounts. Not, although, to be fair, they've always, they've always been transparent about the accounts and they actually have given more info over the years than they had to. And even this year, for example, like as Martin Cahill made the point, uh, sponsorship could have been included under one heading. But they yeah, br- I don't see the benefit of that. <clears throat> it's just an option you have. I don't know. Mm. Maybe I know he did make the point on it, but why wouldn't you give each individual company their their, their dues? Mm. Yeah, completely. So and they always did in the old system as well. But overall, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was a, it was one of the better conventions. Like there's mm. been a few very forgettable ones. Um, I remember one convention that was over in like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. And the convention used to take days. Yeah, I remember them. I was yeah. at them. Yeah. I was at them, and they were, no, I wasn't covering them for the Celtic or anything like that. I'm not that old, but I, I I remember being at one on on a Sunday afternoon, started around lunchtime, nine ten o'clock that night. It it wasn't finished, so they had to come back on the Monday. To, yeah, to that's probably and that was probably it. the second day of it. Yeah, because they used to have them in St. Pat's as well, and they, you know they they'd go a whole weekend. 
they were like GA Congress and if it wasn't finished to go back the following weekend Now that was in a completely different era where you would not get everybody together all that often and you didn't have email or, or communication circular you know, that were able to go around to everyone so it was uh, And there was a different culture as well there was there was Concentration spans were, were, were the thing. Like people, <laughs> people could concentrate. Like I could think of nothing worse than sitting in a convention for two days. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, I, people I, were getting I, restless after two hours the other night. You could see it yawning and moving around and looking at their watch. And I was one. Of them. Yeah, you you were quick out the door once once the final whistle went. Um, I I agree. I, I think overall it was positive. The the big negative to take away is the lack of engagement, and and that's something that that I think. I'd like to see more of. I don't know what much more can the can the county board do to try to to encourage that engagement, um, but I'd like to see it. Um, and and I'd urge delegates to to maybe engage, even if it is county board meetings. Then during the year, I'm going to all of them this year, so I'm um, to to try to to get a feel for it. But um, we'll see. We'll see if it if if it improves. Uh, overall, on the year. Calvin GEA. I know we're going to do our wackies over on patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin. Um, but it doesn't include the year overall in Calvin GEA. Does it go into the success column or the, or the failure column? Failure. It does, doesn't it? It does. It's not even close. Of course, it's a failure. Uh, like, our men's senior, senior team um, had an awful championship, diabolical championship, won the league, but the, the championship was shocking. Um, our. Senior ladies were relegated. Our hurlers won the league in great in a great star and fashion, but unfortunately didn't make the Laurie Mar final. Um, and they should have, and that was probably yeah. in, the, in their own hands. They should have made that. They were unlucky too, but they, they blew it against Warwickshire. Really, um, our underage didn't get past quarter final in in men's football. Yeah, so the under sixteen ladies did win the All Ireland, so they they yeah. could. Possibly take a, a positive on that. Yeah, end. that was that was a great great one. But then you had Lorgan minor ladies who like failed to retain their Ulster title. Fortunately, they would have been hot favourites for that. Won the final by twenty points last year. Um, no, over, got overall, promotion. That was a that was a positive for them, didn't they? They got promotion to the. Oh no, sorry, the no, state. I no, think they, got, they were relegated. They got relegated. Yeah. Sorry, oh Jesus, <laughs> scratch that out. <laughs> and even in the handball front, well, we had actually to be fair, we had a good year in the handball. Um, participation increased hugely, and we had a bit of success as well. But overall, uh, you would have to say you know, it was it was a, a disappointing year of action on the pitch and on the court. Yeah, yeah, I, I have to agree. So hopefully, twenty twenty four is a little bit better on. Uh, so, folks, as I said, we will have the wackies over on Patreon dot com forward slash We Are Calvin. If you haven't already checked it out, do check out the Stronger Podcast, uh, which is brought to you by Calvin GAA with support from the HSE. Episode one and two are out now. Um, episode one is with the Olympic boxer. Um, Aidan Walsh, bronze medalist in Tokyo in 2020. He sat down with myself and Dr. Paul Gaffney. Um, and episode two is with the former vice captain of Cavan Seniors for the 2020 Ulster success. Niall Murray sat down with Mickey Brennan and Dr. Paul Gaffney as well. But there's an eight-part series um, which will be going out every Wednesday um, over the next eight weeks. Just with people talking about their, their mental health and how they dealt with different situations and how they dealt with their struggles. So it's a really good podcast. You can get that up on SoundCloud or we'll be distributing it um, over on our Patreon service as well. So uh, tune in for that. Folks, 
that's all we have time for. Time to wish you all a very, very happy Christmas. Um, hope you have a, a wonderful festive um, f- festive season and uh, get ready for the McKenna Cup, which gets going on the 4th of January. Cavan hosting Derry in Kingspan, Breffney. Arver out on the 6th in the All-Ireland semi-final against Milltown from Kildare. And then Cavan over to Park Estler on the following Wednesday, which I think is the 11th. So loads of GEA coming in the new year. Paul, thanks a million for your time. Thanks, Demo. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Cavanese, Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Cavan to get come back into the big time? And then McCabe, and it's over the lap. And Cavan are not buried yet. Cavan doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh, yes! And over the bar, Finland Cahill. What a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Cavan! Dandy legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah!